Hello, <laughs> welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. I thought I would switch it up tonight because I don't always want to feel like I'm phoning it in. There are some nights where, oh God, what am I going to talk about? What film, what piece of music, collections. And so I thought I would talk about something that is right up uh, some of my friends, I mean, you know, the beauty of media now is is that those TV shows that we loved are on DVD, on Blu-ray. I have the whole series of Monk, The Boondocks, Californication. I think I, I digitally have Dexter. Isn't that weird how that goes together? Digitally, Dexter. And then there is the Criterion Collection, Jason Almy. <laughs> you know, some people would look at the Criterion Collection and think, oh, that's an overpriced piece of shit. But those of us who love the Criterion Collection, we get hard-ons from it. We truly do. The Criterion Collection, I thought I would discuss it. Yes, some some would also say, you know, it's a very kind of, it's like when Madonna talks with the fake British accent. Yeah, I've, I've had people tell me that. Oh my God, you're going to buy that? Yeah. Oh, Criterion is an American home video distribution company that focuses on licensing, restoring, and distributing important classics and contemporary films. Criterion serves film and media scholars and cinephiles and public and academic libraries. Criterion has helped to standardize certain aspects of home video releases such as film restoration, the letterbox format for widescreen films, and the inclusion of bonus features such as scholarly essays and commentary tracks. Criterion has produced and distributed more than 1,000 special editions of its films in VHS, Betamax, Laserdisc, DVD, Blu-ray, and Ultra HD Blu-ray. Now that's an orgy of another uh, format. And the box sets. Oh, yes. I don't think you're ever... Well, are there any Michael Bay films in Criterion? I don't know. So put your heart on away. I don't remember Laserdisc because I don't think I knew anyone who had Laserdisc. The Criterion Collection. I mean, I would have to. Oh, geez. <laughs> Let's see. Well, I was going to say Cabaret, but that's not part of the collection. <laughs> What's funny about Criterion is, I think I have to go through. Okay, for one, I know that I have Notorious, which is a really great film. Notorious, there's there's an interesting history behind Notorious, because before that film, Alfred Hitchcock wasn't getting the credit he deserved when he was in England making films. Yeah, those were, it was it it was part of his vehicle. But then what happened is um, he goes to Hollywood and 
who who's in control but David O. Selznick. You know, he was always he was always power hungry. When you've got one hit from Gone with the Wind, you're like, ooh, let me throw in another. Yeah. So another criterion. I love documentaries. I really truly do. And I bought this uh, probably around the time that um, Stephen Sondheim died, and that's the original cast album company. That's that's the company cast making company directed by D. A. Penny Baker, really great documentarian who gave us Monterey Pop and gave us um, Bob Dylan's "Don't Look Back," <laughs> and of course his girl Friday, Howard Hawks. You've got Cary Grant and the effervescent Rosalind Russell. I've got a lot of criterions. It's almost, I mean, you know, if for all good fun, those who I know who have criterion collections, it's almost like we need to take our dicks out and measure them. But I won't do that. You know, we'll, we'll take out our criterion. <laughs> Can you just imagine me traveling with a criterion collection? It's like I got to put it in a box. I have. I, I don't think I could fly with that. I could just imagine going through airport security. Why do you have all the Blu-rays and DVDs? What are you doing? It's almost like I'd have to take the train there. I wonder what kind of a process that would be. Yeah. Now, notorious. That was a gift, and I'm and and I love gifts. I, I love gifts when it's things that I like, not things that people assume that I would like. You know, that's that's a part of life. We we all have that that thing to bear. I don't want to say cross because I'm not you know not religious, although some people think I am. <laughs> Mainly because of the name, not the Doctor Zeus name, but you know. Because Dr. Zeus is my stage name. But it does fall into the abyss of my real name. <laughs> if we we could be silly and say abyss because, oh my. What's in a nine? Yeah. Now, ah, okay. I was almost going to say the lighthouse is not part of the criterion. It should be. Criterion is always expanding its collections from Hope Dreams. I'm, I'm assuming a few of uh, Spike Lee's films are part of Criterion. Gilda, that's part of Criterion. I have that. I hope you're making a list of the number of Criterions that I have because I'm just going through them. It's always good to get a film of that magnitude Some, something like Gilda you know you've got Margarita Concino who later became Rita Hayworth thought I'd throw that nugget in there Criterion's probably already gonna tell you that <laughs> yeah that's the beauty of you know film is the, the knowledge that you can gain from it We all have that vast want of knowledge. And as I... Okay, I'm gandering through. I'm gandering through. Come on. I'm looking... This is fun to do. And especially because I'm recording. And 
you know, I wish there was a way for me to do this live. But due to Anchor, and, and hopefully one day they will change that. Ah, <laughs> Criterion Collection. Well, this one is a, is a real classic, and that's Dr. Strangelove, or How I Stopped Learning to... Your tongue tied. Dr. Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. That's how the trailer went. Directed by Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> oh my god, Dr. Strange love. And not Dr. Strange. You know, don't start Oh, he what about Benedict Cumberbatch? He wasn't in Dr. Strange Love. He was in Dr. Strange. That's why you always have to say the full title or people get confused. You know, the uh Michael Bay fans. Um <laughs> Ooh. Oh, it's coming up an anniversary. July 29th, 1964 was when Dr. Strangelove was released. I mean, you've got Peter Sellers, George C. Scott, Sterling Hayden, Keenan Wayne, Slim Pickens, Tracy Weed, Reed, and even um, he had a birthday this week. Uh, James Earl Jones. Hello. Not just the voice of Darth Vader. James Earl Jones. I don't think really gets the credit that he deserves. He is this great actor. He has that voice. You know, this is CNN. I mean, he can do that. I can't. And and he's Darth Vader. You know, Luke. I am your father. <laughs> but I don't think we give him, you know, the respect that he deserves. Ah, here's another criterion. The Gold Rush. Charlie Chaplin's masterpiece. I watched that right before I think it was New Year's or on New Year's. It was a cold night and I thought, well, why don't I watch uh, Gold Rush? Okay. Moonstruck. I got Moonstruck. Yeah. That's just a classic film. You've got Cher. You've got Nicolas Cage. You've got the lace the late Olympia Dukakis, the late Vincent Gardenia. It's such a great cast. I mean, come on. Snap out of it. <laughs> and, ooh, one of my personal favorites, The Seventh Seal, Max von Sydow, directed by Mr. Igmar Bergman. Two luminaries. I mean, you know that if it's, if it's Max von Sydow, it's good. And then to be directed by Igmar Bergman, who really, uh, he is beyond, beyond parallel. I always love it when people kind of try to throw the depressive um, genre on Igmar Bergman. And, you know, as a filmmaker, he's amazing. And so I'm going down the list because I, I, you know, I, I don't want to miss anything. I really, I really enjoy these films. When you watch a film, and especially when it's rest, you know, restored through the Criterion Collection, that's a magical thing. And... But only certain titles, you, you know, I don't know if a Color Purple... Color Purple is such a great film. 
I know that some people find it tough to watch, and it is. The book, the book is really... You know how people always say, oh, the book's better than the movie? Well, The Color Purple, there's a little more description in the book. Because there's certain things, you know, that they couldn't film in the movie. I I mean, now they probably could. But at that time in the 1980s, I don't think Steven Spielberg wanted an X rating. Because there's there's a lot of abuse, there's a lot of sex, lesbianism in A Color Purple. Or The Color Purple. But it's a classic. And that's the other thing with the, you know, these restoration projects. They, my, my, I'm, I'm happy that they're doing films, Hope Dreams and other films to be more inclusive to not just do you know the regular black and white classics with an all white cast because the landscape has changed and it's time for film and film historians to embrace that if if I was directing films I would really just shake it up I would put a really diverse cast with a really shocking ending and but I wouldn't redo because I notice is that a lot of filmmakers that's their problem is they they want to go and redo a film reconstruct it and really you know I remember when I was in college I told someone I was going to be a filmmaker and they were like oh remake Clockwork Orange and I said why well because I said no it doesn't need to be redone why would you even suggest that? That's that's the laziness, I think, of this current generation. Is they, they When it comes to films, they just want things redone. They don't want to have to go back and watch the original. They don't want to think. And I'm, not, and I'm not belittling my audience. I do love my audience. But they just, you know, they want it now. They want it fast. And with Criterion, it takes a while for them to restore those films. You know, you can't just say, oh, I'm going to restore the film and it's going to be done next week. That's not how it works. It it takes time. Things take time. And when you're working with classic films, you've got to be very, very careful. You don't want to ruin the film. What I'm doing is I'm going through my list like a fine tooth comb. Because like I said, some of the criterions I received as gifts. And when you receive them as a gift, you, you know, like I, most of these I have like a, an Amazon receipt that I can look up or I just go through the search uh, ah, Criterion, A Hard Day's Night, The Beatles. <laughs> this is me. Just this is this is a real uh, fireplace moment. <laughs> We're going through my list of films. I know some people are rolling their eyes. Oh my god, I'm not gonna tune in. Get a break or give. <laughs> um. What can I say about the Beatles that hasn't already been said? The fact that A Hard Day's Night is 
in the Criterion is directed by Richard Lester. I believe he's still with us, as are two of the Beatles. You know, when you're... I mean, I, the Beatles really did a Hard Day's Night to poke fun at Beatlemania. That really was their their goal. And it blew up in such a way that I don't think anyone saw coming. Mm, here's another criterion. My Man Godfrey. Oh, I love that film. You've got William Powell. You have the late... Carol Lombard. He's Godfrey. She's, um, what was her character's name? Irene. Yeah. Oh my god. This film is so funny. You know, directed by Gregory. Is it Gregory LaCava? Yeah. 1938. Um, no, not 38. Is it 36? Yeah. That's such a screwball comedy. Those are some of the best. And what I love is Criterion went in and they, you know, first of all, I don't want it colorized. Okay, let's let's get that out of the way. I, I was watching Bewitched tonight and they had, uh, it was the original black and white. It wasn't, it wasn't colorized. You know, here, here's the thing with that. Nothing against them wanting to add color to the film, but that's not how the film was shot. That's like when they went in and they um, did that too. It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> okay, I'm going to briefly... I can't mention all the titles that I have, but I do have one. And I know Jason Almy is sal- salivating right now because he listens. Because I still haven't watched all of these. And that's Dietrich and Von Sternberg in Hollywood. Morocco, Dishonored. Shanghai Express, Blonde Venus, The Scarlet Empress, The Devil is a Woman. This is the Criterion Collection that I have. These are Blu-rays, baby. This is Marlena Dietrich and her collaborations with Joseph von Sternberg. Yes. This is new 2K, 4K digital restoration of all six films. Woo. This is a classic. I have to I have to keep it nice and and um let me let me put it in its in its um it needs to be put to sleep because I don't want it lying around and then people ooh criterion criterion is like a gold nugget okay and we don't leave gold nuggets lying around can you just imagine that I'm I want I want to give a shout out to Jason Almy because we often talk about he'll send me pictures of his criterions and um, <laughs> I love it I love that we can laugh about this um, and also Christina um, if she approves the criterions you know <sighs> yes yes because you know and I've and I've told him this before and he's listening you know if the missus doesn't like it you've got to you've got to respect her okay she you know mrs comes first and the children yeah that's great that's the criterion episode tonight i mean my collection thankfully i'm not showing you slides (laughs) 
I'm trying to relax a little bit because I'm, I've been watching a lot of drama. I watched Succession, which is so dark. And then the news itself. The news is really dark, and, and I don't get into that. I used to on this podcast, and that's why I rebranded it. And we're kind of we're coming up on four years of me doing this podcast weekly. The there aren't a lot of people who do weekly podcasts. The one that I could think of is Dr. Green Thumb. Um, it's Be Real and members of Cypress Hill. And they do it weekly, but he considers it a show. He doesn't consider it a podcast. And I wanted to say to him, I want to give a shout out to Be Real because I am such a Cypress Hill fan. I have loved Cypress Hill since I was a teenager. And to get to see them live, that really is, you know, a childhood dream right there. I didn't get to meet them because, you know, it's like I, I'm not really into the meet and greet. I wouldn't know what to say. I already tackled that when I met David Sedaris. I really didn't know what to say. And then you go back and think, oh, I should have said this. And with seeing Tool, people were like, why didn't you get the VIP? Because I don't want to meet them. I've seen them. That's great. Love them from afar. But when it comes to Cypress Hill, I, I mean, first of all, Be Real would do the smoke box with his son E-Zone and um, Eric Bobo, who's a member of Cypress Hill, Callie Blaze, uh, uh, Steph, Steph Tone, who's a member of the Deftones. What's the other one? Um, uh, I don't, I don't want to leave anybody out. You know, I really like the podcast. It's one of my favorite podcasts. I know that everyone wants to flock to Joe Rogan, but Joe Rogan's a fucking idiot. So, you know, and if you like Joe Rogan, uh, I'm not going to apologize because he is. He is. uh... I I don't know. He's just I don't apologize for that because. First of all, what I, I, there, there's a response as as a podcaster, we are the new radio, and our responsibility is to entertain, but also be informative. And you know, I'm not going to go into the whole thing. That's all I'm going to say because I know some of you probably listen to Joe Rogan, and you know, yeah. I mean, I liked his show when he would have, like, musicians on that I like, but that that's all I'm going to say, because I don't want to go any further. <sighs> yeah. But the Dr. Green Thumb podcast is such a great podcast. And I wanted to talk about the cast real quick. part of Be Real TV. Come on. <laughs> he's got weed and he's got TV. I mean, that that really is the uh, creme de la creme of uh... and they record daily so then it's like I really have to catch up sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, Ugh. So you got Be Real E-Zone let me see. 
I want to get it right though. I'm looking. Okay, is this the Wikipedia of the show? Who is on Dr. Green Thumb Podcast? Why didn't you guys put out like a... Okay, like a list. Is this it? It's always weird when you're trying to look for things. Here we go. All right. DJ C minus. Yeah. It's a really great show. It's a really great show. I really enjoy it. They talk about everything. But mostly they talk about weed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so as a podcaster, you know, that's great. And then we're in movies. I'm not in a movie, but you know. If you watch the latest Ghostbusters, there's a podcaster in there. The latest episode of Dexter, you know, or the last season of Dexter, there was a podcaster. So, yeah. As a podcaster, the one person who inspired me to be... There's two. First of all, there's... um, uh, What's his name? Um, <laughs> WTF, Mark Marin. When I first heard of the podcast, I thought, whoa, he's had some really great guests. And then my friend Carlos Delano, who we've always talked about doing a podcast, you know, and I was always I was a filmmaker and I was an artist and I was always looking for a way to catapult myself, not physically, just, you know, um, uh, yeah. Figuratively, I wanted to catapult myself because I have all these ideas in my head and all of this knowledge I've been told I should teach. Okay. All right. But with the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, this is my baby, basically. And I record daily. I look forward to recording. When I would be at work, I would, oh, what am I going to talk about tonight? Or then before I go to bed, oh, I got to record. There would be times I'd be really, really sick and I would record, which is just crazy. And I sounded like Whitney Houston after she got, she, you know, stopped using the pipe or the bong. (sighs) Those were fun times, you know, when you work through things like that. And then I remember I would try to do breaking news. One time I was out gambling at an Indian casino and the news broke about Roseanne and I hurried home to record. It was silly shit like that. I got tired of doing that because I thought this is not CNN. This is the Dr. Zeus podcast. That's what it used to be called. And then it became the Dr. Zeus film podcast. And people were always like, well, how do I find you? Just Google the show. And, and, you know, it's like Maynard saying, I know why the pieces fit. Well, if you Google Dr. Zeus film podcast, the pieces will fit just like Tool. Okay. So as always, unpleasant dreams.